Welcome to another episode of Facts Matter, brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. I'm here today with Esma Isaac Osman. Esma, how are you today? I'm doing well, Monique. How are you? I am awesome. Thanks so much for asking. Thanks for joining us today. Um, we want to talk about your piece. You wrote about Detroit's death, and you compared it to other cities this time. It was a follow-up piece that you did prior to um, just about the debt in general and understanding municipal bonds. Um, so this follow-up piece was really good. Um, and can you talk about what is the plan of adjustment that Detroit has implemented to reduce its bonded debt, and how has it been working? Sure. Uh, so prior to the bankruptcy agreement in 2013, uh, Detroit had approximately $18 billion in total debt. Uh, this had placed a huge burden on Detroit taxpayers as they were paying in a city that was consistently losing its population. So Detroit went through a few negotiations and court orders to unburden some of its debt uh, during the bankruptcy, and that panned out to the city's plan of adjustment, which unburdened the debt of the city from $18 billion to about $7 billion and created a framework for the city to move forward uh, in order to manage its debt. And how has the bonded debt in Detroit compared to that of debt in other cities? Can you... Explain the charts that you provided in your blog pieces. I think it was about three or four that you provided that kind of really laid out and explained um, the different cities like Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. So all, all large cities use municipal bonds to fund capital improvements. That include construction of roads, bridges, schools, highways, water and sewer systems. Um, so this blog compared the debt of other cities to Detroit's, just like you mentioned. The charts that you see in my blog piece provide comparisons of the debt loads that those cities have in comparison to the city of Detroit. It's sometimes hard to be able to compare debt loads um, or bonded debt uh, city by city, and, be, and that is for a few reasons. Uh, the first is the allocation of responsibilities between cities, counties, and states vary across states. Another reason is that sometimes cities will compute their dead loads by including schools, which are directly responsible for education and the infrastructure that provides education services. And lastly, special authorities for major services and infrastructures are also vary among cities, creating differences in the computations of dead loads. Nevertheless, it is still possible to be able to compare debt loads of cities uh, utilizing the most recent data available and utilizing certain measures to make that comparative analysis. So what we did is we actually measured debt per capita, which is the debt burden that is placed on the population supporting that debt. Debt per capita basically tells us the story of how much debt is owed at a particular time. Uh, and so if a city is dealing with consistent population loss or not even if, if a city has dealt with population loss, uh, as the city of Detroit has, then that debt per capita burden for financing the debt will grow as the required annual interest and payments are spread across a shrinking tax base. Right. And so one of the tables that I provide um is a comparative analysis and a comparative breakdown of the debt loads that we see across uh, five cities. So what we found out was that 
out of the five cities sampled, Detroit being one of those five cities, Atlanta has the lowest debt per capita mm. with bonded debt that equals out to about $1,508 per resident. Uh, and Detroit has the second lowest debt per capita at about $3,105 per resident. Mm -hmm. uh, out of the five cities sampled, Cleveland was found to have the highest debt per capita with about $5,375 per resident. So it's, it's just interesting to see how much debt the residents of a city hold um, as it relates to investments that the city has made in itself. That is definitely interesting information. And just based on what you just told me, what are the, what are the other cities doing to manage their debt? And what are some of the methods that can be implemented here in Detroit? Yeah. So I think it's not really a matter of about, it's not really a question of how cities are managing debt. Uh, it's more of a question of how are the cities paying off debt. Okay. Um, depending on what kind of municipal bonds a city has will determine how that city is paying off that debt. So there are two types of municipal bonds generally. There's There are general obligation municipal bonds and revenue bonds. Um, if it's a general obligation bond, then the city will be paying for that debt through the city's general fund or through dedicated millages. If it's a revenue bond, then the city will be paying for that debt through dedicated revenue streams. Um, so how does, how, what methods can Detroit implement that the other cities are implementing? Again, it just depends on the kind of bonds that Detroit has. In Detroit's case, we have both general obligation and revenue bonds. So we're paying off for our debt in Detroit uh, through the city's general fund, dedicated millages, and dedicated revenue streams. So say for a city like Atlanta, yeah, how are they paying off their debt? What are some methods that they're using? So again, um, all of these cities actually have both general obligation and revenue bonds. It just, the differences we see come down to how much of each kind of bond that okay. a city is using. So some of these cities have more revenue bonds than <clears throat> than general ob obligation bonds. Okay. And vice versa. So, and, and that's more of an indicator actually of, um, it, it's neither good or bad whether a city has more of one type of bond than the other. It's just an indicator of the kind of priorities and needs that that city might have. So if a city has more revenue bonds, then perhaps it's investing more in its water and sewer systems. Um, or or uh, airport infrastructure services. Uh, if a city has more general obligation bonds, then perhaps it's investing more in capital improvements or blight remediation. Um, so those are those are how those differences break down. Understandable. So yeah. in other words, it just depends. It's a matter of where the money is. Yeah, it's it, it's a mat it's a matter of what kind of a loan what I kind guess. of a loan yeah okay. what kind of a loan it is and right. how that loan is to be paid understood the bond being the loan the bond right yeah. right yeah. okay so can you explain you mentioned in your piece you talked a little bit about bond ratings what are those yeah so bond so credit rating agencies will rate city governments and other public and private entities on a number of criteria that is designed to essentially measure the ability to repay bonded debt um, it's the same thing as us as individuals. We have credit scores assigned to us by credit rating agencies that 
provide banks or lenders with a picture of how reliable we might be to be able to pay back a loan, right? And for us as individuals, that will determine our ability to be able to get financing or loan. Um, for cities, lower bond ratings, for example, indicate higher credit risk and will justify the investor's demands for higher interest rates on a bond, right? So the big three credit rating agencies that uh, provide these bond ratings on cities are S&P, Moody's, and Fitch. Rate, um, and, Fitch. and the higher, the lower bond rating you have, the higher interest you're gonna pay. So the other chart that I had in this, in this blog piece was uh, providing the comparative analysis of all the cities different bond ratings and Detroit had the lowest bond rating, unfortunately, mm. um, which means that Detroit has, if you were, if we were to compare interest rates on the bonded debt between these cities, the highest interest rate to pay on their bond. So, yeah. Say that one more time for me, Esma. So the higher the interest rate. The, 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 the lower the bond rating. The lower the bond rate. The higher the interest the rate. The higher the interest yes. rate. Yes. Got it. Yes. Thank you for clearing yes. that up, Esma. And why don't you choose to compare Detroit <clears throat> to other cities? Why is this so important? Yeah, so I think... I think... Or in, it in was... A, in other words, why is this topic so important to see where Detroit stands in debt as compared to other cities? I think it's important to do this kind of comparative analysis to see, number one, just from a curiosity standpoint, how other cities compare to uh, Detroit uh, in terms of the amount of debt that they may have, how that debt per capita translates to debt that is owed by residents in those cities, um, but also comparing bonded debt across different cities speaks to the needs and priorities of different cities. And so we can get a glimpse of what cities prioritize as it relates to investments they make mm -hmm. by looking at the kind of bonded debt that they have, right? Um, and so, again, it's too hard to be able to judge a city just based off the amount of debt that they have. Uh, a kind of general rule of thumb is that if a, if we were to find a city that has no bonded debt or like close to like an insignificant amount of bonded debt, that's kind of an indicator that a city is not investing in itself. That's not necessarily good, right? Just like a person, it's not necessarily good for a person not to have any credit history. We should have a credit history because it shows our the investments that we've made, this, that, and the fourth. It's the same thing with a city. Um at the same time, if a city has way too much bonded debt um, or way too much debt, it, it, then that is basically the city betting on future generations to pay that debt off. Mm -hmm. So while we can't make too many assumptions comparing the debt of, across all these cities, it's still an important exercise to be able to identify the kind of needs and priorities that these cities have, how they differ across, and how they're similar to one another. And that's always fun to see how other cities, what other cities are doing. Um, and yeah. it's also informative just to know what they're doing in comparison to what we're doing and to see if, you know, we can change some things or do some things better um, just by looking at some of the numbers and some of what, you know, the comparative analysis piece. Yes, yes.
So thank you so much for that, Esma. Um, that concludes our episode of Facts Matter, brought to you by the Citizens Research Council of Michigan. Until next time. Thank you.